0: <coughs> namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambhodaso <coughs> namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambhodaso namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambhodaso dhammang sangham namasami so it's uh, <coughs> teaching of the four noble truths the Kind of uh, synopsis, also considered to be a very um, special, precious teaching. Sometimes, um, seemingly underestimated the the depth of it, because it's a, it's a, it's easy to understand as in a concept. You know, suffering, origin, cessation, path. And well, yeah, you know, <coughs> it doesn't deal with it. Doesn't it's not esoteric language. No, even religious language, spiritual language, nothing about cosmos, oneness, divine law, ultimate bliss or anything. Just um, suffering, stress, dis-ease, the origin of that, stopping of that and the the path to doing that. And you know, you can put whatever colours you like around that Really. The Buddha was a, a supreme pragmatist, so he didn't really present ideals or ideas, just this pragmatics of what you need to do. Um, so the language is not especially rapturous, it's kind of prosaic. Uh, and yet there's a lot in there. And uh, with the Four Noble Truths, you, you recognise also that as... As practice teachings, as teachings about practice, they give you four particular kinds of ways of inclination of developing your intention, your your attitudes, your inclinations. So the first is to understand, you know, what must be understood. So there's actually when we recite this, it says, uh, first noble truth is to be understood, and then you work at it, and it is understood or fully fully known. So there's some sort of development, something you've engaged in, and it's happened. So that that's what I mean by training your intention is you actually focus on that to try to understand this and then how do you understand, then you do understand it. So that's that's a focus of intention and aim. Uh, one aim, one way of, of inclining investigation on in that level. <clears throat> Second noble truth, the origin of suffering is to be abandoned, relinquished and it has been abandoned and relinquished so there's another gesture isn't there, one of just releasing, relaxing abandoning, letting go the origin of suffering which is uh, this um, craving thirst this pathology of, of demanding and sucking on and pull, trying to pull things in sensory appetites and also perhaps subtler but far more potent, the whole ways in which we pull uh, almost like a huge planet or star, just sucks everything into the gravity of our own narratives. We keep creating our worlds and we keep creating, you know, scenarios of who we are and, um, you know, And you see this happening a lot. You experience this a lot. Yeah. Um, this, so this is to be abandoned. This Particularly this whole building up an identity where again one becomes the victim. Again one becomes the person who's got to do it all. Again one becomes the person who never quite makes it. Again one becomes the person who is, you know... So, this kind of re rewriting and continual reliving of our, of our narratives, of our storylines, is really. and the, the re- release from that, the abandoning of that, that compulsion to keep doing it, to keep being who we are, or who we sense ourselves as being. It's um, so like addiction to karma. You know, like any other addiction, once you... To abandon that means you have to go through a very disorienting experience. You know, like you give up cigarettes or drink, then probably you're going to feel a bit wobbly at first. You yeah. know, and so this... Uh, this But this is the supreme disorientation, <laughs> abandoning the, the the sense of being, some, being something, you know. Being oneself, mm. being one's patterns. Third noble truth is the realize has to be realized. So it's something you have to actually fully take in, digest, enjoy, appreciate, wake up, notice. You know. So it's another inclination just to, just to take it in, to step back and realize it. Again, this may seem like something that happens, but there's a sense in which the Buddha says here, the ceasing, the not suffering, the place, the moment the bit that you've let go of, you have to wake up to that because the tendency is to not notice the bit where we're not stressed or hanging on. It's like we tend to notice the tensions and the thorns in the heart. We don't notice so much the ease, the fluency, the the non-problem. So there's a sense of really notice that where, you know, there might have been a problem, now there isn't a problem. Or today there wasn't much of a problem, you know. All this morning, you know, so all the bits that weren't problems for us, the, the the ease with which we can, you know, so for example, meditation, no one can sit still for 45 minutes or an hour. We think, well, yeah, I didn't get this, I didn't get that, I didn't get this, but you just to sit still for 45 minutes is something. <laughs> you know. To take on sense restraint is something. Hmm. So, realizing the non-suffering and the fourth truth that to developed. there is something to be developed, made to be, furthered in, in the path, the Eightfold Path. So, the path is to be developed, not not a person, but a path, not a self, not a career, not a prestige, not status, not. yeah, but a path. Mm. It's always good to recognize this through the ups and downs of worldly values. There's winning, losing, popular, unpopular, neglected, here, there, sick, you know, sick whatever it is, still, that's not the point, the point is to develop a path, right resolve, right understanding, right aim, and right thought, speech, action, livelihood, effort, mindfulness, concentration is to be developed, Hmm. the rightness of it, the sense of really knowing the bit that can be developed where you're where the factors of awakening come together, where awareness is strengthened, where there's uh, you know growth. So these are four. So there's a sense in which we are we are certainly there's a motivation for development for development to occur, and you know that development is not really in terms of uh, self or a person. But in terms of a path, even though uh, certainly one of the one of the side effects is that one does, definitely does change as a person. You become easier, happier, less freaked out, straighter, more in true, more in line. You know that's what occurs. But what we're actually we're not trying to be something; just trying to develop a path, and then we allow our personhood, our self would just sort of change and mould and break down and melt and come coagulate and take on forms in accordance with that. It's a kind of act of faith, really. Because the sense of abandoning or letting go is a disorient disorienting experience. We we're not we're not being who we normally are. We can't do at what we normally do ourselves as being. And there's a certain sense of uh, of fear or stress or confusion in that, and it's there that we place awareness at that particular point, you know, And being with our wobbly, spinning bits, and really not, not really trying to make anything out of it, just, just not making anything out of it, but bringing in the path factors there, and you see how what we become, you know, how we we change. The new forms arise. This is the way it is. Because if you look at the first noble truth, we look at it. If you look at it in some, you try to understand it conceptually. It's fairly simple, but it's also pretty bleak. Because it looks like it's absolutely inescapable. Birth. Well, not much you can do about that right now. Birth is is dukkha. Ageing is doing well. Ageing, we're all going to age. Yep. Sickness, death. Yes. Well, that looks like a inescapable. Separation from the loved. Well, yep, that happens. Association with the dislike. That happens. Not getting what we want. Yep. <laughs> Can't see what's going to change around that. <laughs> so you think, wow, what's, uh, uh, you know, this sounds pretty gloomy. And then this says, but then uh, the five aggregates affected by clinging and so further well what's that mean body well is one aggregate body or in root form which which body is the most obvious form feeling pleasant painful neutral Um... Meanings, perceptions, values, memories, interpretations, sannya. sankhara, and consciousness. And sankara is a confusing word, you know, difficult to even put it in English. But we do begin to recognize is, well, whatever you do with the body, it's bound to experience stress, suffering, pain, aging, breaking up. So that looks like another dead end, as it were. And the feeling. well, no matter what we do, you experience painful feeling, some kind or another, okay. <laughs> and then uh, uh, meanings and, and interpretations are very changeable. We all have different interpretations of what what um you know, what's pleasing, what's right, what's um, beautiful, what's um, friendly, you know, we all know those meanings and yet people have different ways of, of getting a sense of that. And consciousness, the Buddha likened consciousness to being stabbed with spears hundred times, 300 times a day or 100 times a day. In other words, it's just this continual bap, 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 bap of things coming in at you you know, being poked. <laughs> so so continually nudged by another sight, another sound is nudging, you know, getting you, stirring you up a bit, getting you going again. You know, either excited, interested, bored, or irritated. So that's what consciousness. I <laughs> say, so what are you going to do about that? You know, all of it looks pretty much Seized up, but then understanding it, you begin to, you know, well, the only real thing you can do something about is sankara. Sankara is, is a dynamics. It's a kind of, we might say, it's the, the patterns and programs, which is most obvious is our psychological patterns and programs. You know, there are other forms, but the really the one we most clearly recognize. What makes me me? You know, apart from this body, but what's even more particular and the thing that I live with more particular is this sense of of me the kind of mood swings the way my mind works and we all think don't we we all have moods and feelings, we'll get happy and sad but I've got a, there's a particularity about mine There's this particular um, programming you know that, that's what's going on in the mind volitional it's karma. It's the karma carrier. It means that the habits and attitudes, I keep rerunning them. You know. And we can recognize all of us probably have worry tendencies, um, control tendencies, um, you know places where if we want we loved and, and, and appreciated tendencies, these kind of things. And there's a particular ways in which some of these, these programs are getting run for each one of us. Yeah. And this is the bit, this is the bit that we can change. <laughs> so it's really to understand, this is about the only bit that you can radically change. Yeah. So the first level truth is, is an encouragement to really understand, get this down, you know whatever you do with your body it's going to break up it's going to do a number on you an organ's going to go a kidney's going to go cancer's going to get in there there's nothing you can do about it really ultimately sure you do what you can but it's going to go um and it won't be nice and nothing you can do to really get away from pain ultimately And find somewhere where nothing's going to get at you. You know? These kind of Niroda fantasies, we can just be some nice kind of black hole or void where nothing touches you anymore. Hmm. But here we are, you know? The thing we can change, and it's most important to change, is this karma agency. That keeps re-running me, the movie of me, the script of me. And with that, if that's changed, the, the, the Buddha is saying, the Buddha is saying, if you, if you change that, the rest of it doesn't really doesn't really bind. It doesn't. It's there, but it doesn't really bind. You, know, you can you can sneak through. <laughs> like a thief, you know, without getting caught. And sneak out, Sangsara. <laughs> you can't smash it apart, but you, you can find a way to, to slip through the, the crack, <laughs> which is this particular bit, you know, whereby whatever's going on, you're not winding yourself up. You're not going into the, you're not internalizing all this stuff and making someone out of it. And certainly, you know, we can see the relevance of this in fairly mundane ways, you know. I don't know if you check some of, you get some perspective on some of your habits. It's really um, it's really useful when you're in a group to to see these things when you're in a, or uh, you know when you, you're the one who keeps you're the one who keeps volunteering you always do it you always do it first you're the one who feels you've got to do it all you know and you jump in that's nice yeah it's okay you know it's not evil and yet there's that that knee jerk reflex that happens you're the person who feels well I, I, I can't do that. Oh no no! Oh God! They wouldn't have to do that. media go like that, yeah. Or the one who fit, who well, well, you know, nobody thinks very much of you know, the loser. These kind of programs that occur. Yeah, it's easy to see other people's. It's your own, one's own. It's so so tricky, why, you know, you do need to have people who don't believe you, (laughs) who kind of tease you a little bit. I was, talk, you know, I was talking to uh, when I was on a retreat in France a little while ago and there was a, a woman there who, always doing things, you know, 76 years old or something, you know, gobbling mouthfuls, fistfuls of pills most of the time just to keep going, you know, and uh, saying, oh, you've got to keep everything, oh, there's so much to do and it doesn't do work." I say, well, you know, you just, um, you know, maybe you could just kind of re- relax a little bit and, you know, she, well, well, yeah, but there's a lot to do and there's something else. Yeah, you know, but why don't you just spend ten minutes or so just not doing anything? She said, oh, I'd really love to do that. Really, I just don't have the time. <laughs> 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 you know, the ten minutes? You know, you, whoa. Just could, you re- could you play that one back, you know? Did you, did you hear what you just said? <laughs> and uh, I think I was, in one of these, in this occasion, I was in this group interview, and there was about eight of us in the group interview. You know, just we were just having a go around about how the practice was going and so forth. And uh, you know, I was getting a bit of a tickle in my throat, a bit of a <coughs> so. I'm going <coughs> to drink some water. Some water. <coughs> it's kind of in my throat and the end of it I kind of said oh has he got any any medicine and she was the first one she jumped up and there's no reason I mean she was the person who least knew about medicine but she was the first one she jumped up and rushed out you know as if nobody else was going to do anything and the others went and they felt you know she always gets in the way (laughs) she doesn't let anybody else do anything (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and yet for her, the pattern is I have to do it all, nobody else will do anything. You know? How we and so the karma embeds itself, doesn't it? You know? We run our scripts so convincingly, we're so good at it. We're so good at doing that. Any situation we can we can do it perfectly. And everybody else becomes actors in as my story. And of course when you have got groups, we're all actors in each other's stories. <laughs> Which gets very interesting. <laughs> you know? Because here am I sitting, like, feeling like, oh, you yeah, know, well, I just, you know, I'm not very welcomed here. I don't really feel like people really think very much, I'm not very welcomed here. Other people are thinking, oh, I don't want to bother the great man. You know? <laughs> so you get this sense of, I think well I wouldn't mind a bit of company and people thinking thinking, you know oh, I don't want to bother him because he's so busy I think well I'd better do something because I'm sitting around here doing nothing so I'll do something so that maybe I'll you know do something useful and you know you kind of think what's going on how these these um, patterns build up hmm. I think one of the this is and this is the bit that we can maybe get out of, you know. When you see it, what it is, has to be understood, and understanding, there's that. You have know, to do that now, and then the realization of, oh, this has gone kind of peaceful, hasn't it? <laughs> I didn't never did need to, didn't need to be that, and then what. Is developed. Uh, some sense of greater uh, truer view, understanding, a little bit of self drops away. And these truths work together because you have to keep the the sense of development, of awareness, of, of staying in touch of really witnessing and watching and developing quality of attention so that you can begin to see the, these patterns because these patterns all have as they, come, they have a compulsive quality to them. And Once you've done some meditation, you begin to sense what it's like when you are, when I am kind of sane, sensible, balanced, okay. And then one of these patterns comes up and I go weird. Uh, wait a minute, what's happening? I'm going in this kind of blurry, fuzzy state again or this reflex knee-jerk feeling again or this strange shut-down sense comes over again so you know the development of some clarity some health if you like in terms of the pattern of the mind the general overall mode of the mind the general which is actually something you can sense in in, in your bodily state as well you feel you feel at ease you feel relaxed and then suddenly one of your patterns comes up and you feel tight closed uh, weird strange you know and you feel like and then you're narrative starts running on top of that and it's total and it's, compo- and it's completely believable because we've got it down pat perfect we've rehearsed it probably for lifetimes, so we've got it that down absolutely perfect once it's running in there and it's real and true and you can make the rest of the world fit into it mm. so what we do you need to develop is is just that sense of knowing where there's balance and there's this place where that stops. And what it feels like. And then what it feels like when it starts, the arising, rising up of stress and suffering. So it's a very intimate practice because all of us have different, we have these tendencies, but all these different configurations of those modes, different patterns, and they're running probably at different times. So it's not like, well, everybody's going to be laid back, because not everybody's being a workaholic. You know? So it's not about adopting another set of strategies. It's about, you know, so, which means you, you just lay another set of strategies on top of the ones you've got. But actually just realizing the strategy that there is and being present with that in awareness, seeing what happens. When there's that recognition of what it is and you don't have to do it. So I notice in... in, You know, some things that happen for for me, I imagine that happened for others, is I get this feeling of, well, you know, things aren't going to work. It's not going to work. i do this because otherwise it won't work. What, what, what actually do you mean, work? What do you mean? When have things worked? What, what does working mean? What? What, what is that? Mm-hmm. Actually, they've never worked. <laughs> what is this, an engine that I'm living in? <laughs> you know, so I can have that sense of, um, you know, to make sure the monastery works, works right. And uh, then, what, what actually is meant by that? And I begin to recognize that that piece of language and idea is a total, it doesn't make sense. I never did make it work. I never made anything work. You know, things happen, and you, you know, you, you bring what you bring into something. But you don't make anything work. He always imagines there's some kind of pattern of how it should be. Yeah, that's clear and true and right and you have that pattern of how it should be that's clear and true and right and you and you set around and you do it and it happens but it doesn't happen mm-hmm. you know who so if you it doesn't happen anywhere like you know, if you're in relationships does a marriage work or isn't it just a matter of of hitting the the bumps the waves the breakdowns the movements through and it works on you. You don't make it work. <laughs> it gradually moulds and shapes you. And yet, at the same time, we make commitments to that. And it's pretty much the same with, me, with meditation practice. Medita- I've never been able to meditate. Yeah. I've never been able to get it going and make it work and go through these nice stages and experience these, these kind of levels of insight and go at it. But in that, you know, as I set that model up, what happens is stress, tension, um, and a diminution of the actual skill and resource in terms of the practice. And in the process of doing that, I begin to let go of the models of how it should be and could be. Yeah give up my feeling, well, I should have this done in two months or a week or, you know, the time span, the impulse rate, I can be quite impulsive and impatient, but that has to go, the goal has to go, the sense of it going, the linear development has to go, the feeling I can just sit on top of it and make it work has to go, <laughs> and that's what, and it works. <laughs> Because it works, because it got you out of the way. (laughs) It dismantled a bit of of one's stuff, and you began. One began to in the experience of, oh yeah, yeah, things. Oh right, things are kind of quite pleasant, peaceful. There's a diminution of stress. And it helps when you when I kind of revisit that because there's a piece of, of strategy in there that, that then you know you kind of goes along in a lot of what what I do, what I suppose any of us do. And you see how the thing is is fantasy of some kind. There's the fear fantasy. Well, if we don't, what would happen if? You know. Something unexpected, unusual is going to occur. Something we haven't prepared for, we don't know about, It's going to occur. And the immediate feeling is, oh, it'll go wrong, we will probably go wrong. Uh, what, what do you think will happen? Well, what actually is it that's going to happen? Well, the, uh, the that hasn't already happened. You know, the green monsters are going to come out of the pit. <laughs> I'll be thrown into to the lions or what? Uh, I always think that feeling of res- taking responsibility for something <coughs> and behind the, the mind as I take responsibility the feeling of, well, if it, doesn't, you know, if it doesn't work it will be, it will be and there's a sort of blank a fuzzy feeling of just fear and dread and when I actually question that fear and dread as to, well, what is this bottomless pit you're going to fall into? Maybe oh, it doesn't. <laughs> it's just a it's just a fantasy. <coughs> you know what happens. What will always happen? There'll be success, failure, pleasant feeling, unpleasant feeling, and so forth. But if there's those. Patterns aren't examined, I can keep running on the feeling, I've got to make it work otherwise otherwise the otherwise the oh you know, whatever it is is gonna go on. I've got to get it done tonight, otherwise the I've gotta make this happen by Tuesday, otherwise the what? Or we get the fantasies of how good it could be, you know, how wonderful it could be if I, there was somebody who, who was uh, disrobed who talked about the, the how wonderful it would be to go out and be able to buy an ice cream in the evening. Right, nice, yeah, you know. Probably once you've had one, you think, well, yes. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what actually happens? It's just a little boop. Last time I was in uh, uh, America, I remember being driven around places, and everywhere you see these things called advertisements for donuts. But donuts? I what donuts are not donuts like? i never had a donut. American donut. So there's there are all kinds of donuts being advertised, whoppers, big super caramel topping, fudge sundae, Angel Delight, cooked shoveled with chocolate, you know, every kind of donut going. Wow. And every one of them being presented in this kind of wow, this is the ultimate donut. This the donuts really gonna, you know, knock your socks off. Oh, wow, donuts, fantastic! And then when I got to a Bayangiri one day, we, there were donuts. And I had a donut. And it was just a donut. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't a wow with it, it was just a donut. <laughs> it wasn't bad donut, it was just. <laughs> well, what was that? You know? And yet when the mind can imagine these—how uh, good it could be, how wonderful it would be. It's probably been wonderful, hasn't it? You know, you—you you had the wonderful things, you had the wonderful warmth, sunshine, sport, entertainment, music, food, drink, romances. Yeah. you have done it, haven't you? I mean, it's just—it's. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you get the kind of this sense of um, you know how the mind can keep projecting these these experiences and then feel fed up and frustrated because we're not getting ours hmm. That was interesting. Thing with, we had this really nice piece of psychodrome with trays a few years ago. A few years ago, this was trays. If you notice what happens when you get to be a bit more up the top of the line, you know, in this monastic thing, which is kind of, you know... <laughs> I think you've made too much of, really. But you start getting your... people bring your breakfast on a tray, you see. instead of just having your mug, you get a tray with a mug on it, with often a little vase of flowers that falls in your lap, wouldn't you? (laughs) So, you know, you've made it, you've you've made it to the top. Your your mug's on a tray. (laughs) And I think this was a time when there was uh, a couple of other people... uh, you know, they hadn't actually been in this position. I was away, so and this suddenly this this monk who was the next one mine suddenly became a tray monk. <laughs> he would just been a mug monk before now he had a tray with his and so this is a this is a big big thing. And then uh, somebody else is getting really jealous and upset because he was getting a tray and they weren't. You know, so this all kind of tray, and then uh, she got her tray, and then there was a sort of challenge over which tray was going to be. <laughs> You know but how how good is it to get a tray? You know, sort of <laughs> it's not really that great actually. I used to look at agents. Why did agents' mate always get a tray? And I, was, I did just as much work as he did, and he got a tray, and I didn't. I didn't really care. I didn't come here for a tray. <laughs> you know, but still, I don't see why he should get a tray and I shouldn't (laughs) it's not it doesn't bother me that much but you know it's just a little thing but why does he get a tray and I don't every morning well I'm not gonna make anything out of it but he always gets one and I don't (laughs) he doesn't deserve it I deserve a tray (laughs) so useful things trays you know, because something, you know, you can see the stuff start rolling out over a tray. Think, oh my God, a tray. Oh no. <laughs> it's so awful. <laughs> Just to see these these programs come rolling out that didn't even realize you had. And uh, I think in monastic life, it's like a sandbox. You know, you have these kind of toys and things. Chainsaws <laughs> <laughs> that enormous pieces of psychological experience can be constellated around <laughs> deep, deeply embedded. <laughs> But there it is, you know. And I think what you we get to realize is, you know, uh, just how much madness there is, and sort of it's it's something we just can't dismiss. We have to really see it, know it, feel it. Because this isn't really this abandonment is not surgery chopping bits off, chopping off all the bits like you're trying not to mind. I don't mind really <laughs> at the tray. Really I don't mind. You do. You try not to mind, so you cut off that minding bit. Now it's about minding. Feeling Fed up, and jealous, and resentful, <laughs> yeah. and it's being with that. It's bringing your awareness with in, up against that. It's holding that because actually, these there's very deep things happening. You yeah. know, to to clear karma. However, you know, seemingly insignificant, the triggering point is a lot of it is fairly small. You know, who does the washing up who always turns up five minutes late. So forth, you can do kind of fairly small things, and yet there's there's big things under it, big pieces under it, you know, big pieces of life, life story, life message going on under it. So you can't just kind of just sweep it away, but feel, understand it, feel what's actually happening there. In the the unfairness and the being belittled and the being dumped on and the having to keep everything going and this, all that. These are really very powerful and painful stories. You don't, you don't just dismiss them. But bring that full awareness there and see all that is really a story told by nobody, with no conclusion to it. And there's nobody telling it. It's just the story. Nobody's telling it. It is a story. Some of its powerful dramatic story, not to deny that painful story. Isn't anybody actually telling it? Nobody actually creates karma. Karma creates me. I don't create any karma. Karma creates me. The actions, the blur, the drama, the pain, the poignancy, the delight, the fever, the impulse, the certainty, the convictions of all those compulsive actions create me. Who? Sometimes you get a glimpse of this one shriveled, starved, inflated, hurt. Ooh! There she is. There he is. And that's you know you hold that one with awareness, but it's almost like a gift when you see this piece of stuck karma, the little monster, demon, ghost. beating its chest and whatever it's doing. Mm. And there's an energy with there with that. Often potent, dramatic, galvanizing, sucks us in. Huge energy, these these little creatures have. Mm. It takes over the mind, body, emotions, everything gets caught in that. <coughs> So what's for the abandonment, what has, there has to be a development of enough stability, enough health, enough n- enough nondescript and non-topical well-being. In other words, a well-being, it's not because of anything in particular, but just about being here is really... Yeah, it's okay. feel, yeah body's okay, breathing in and out just something kind of that's involuntary not something I do to be okay but something that's just happening that I'm with that's okay So why breathing in and out is basic meditation Mm -hmm. there's something that happens, it's really okay I'm in a space it's really okay you know, I come in here I don't make it okay it's just, it's warm, it's Friendly. It's fine. It's okay. Just to sit in that, take in that. So we have these, uh, you know, places we can check in with the, the health, the, you know, the goodness, the ease of our lives. This is to be developed <coughs> because it's only when there's that that you've got enough. Leverage, you've got an alternative gravity, an alternative planet to live on rather than the planet of the demons and the planet of the compulsions. So there is something developed. We develop, we realize places where we're not stressed And enables us to see and realize stress for what it is, not as a person, not as someone, but as just karma, cause and effect, patterns, programs, tape loops, pieces of film. And in seeing them for what they are, there is a very release from either that hunger to perpetuate them and get to the end of the story you know to keep going on that line till we finally get what we want till we finally get even till we finally get the happy bit keep running on that track until we get to the end it won't end it never has ended You know, so there's a compulsion to go, keep going on that track, or to sort of say, oh, there's no track, uh, it doesn't matter, You know, deny it. Or, you know, that kind of vibhava, um, which is the denial, the the negation, the avoiding of a story, the saying, it's not really there. But to see it as it is, there's the you know that's when you're getting right up to to the to the vital edge of this uh, dukkha, and then it's just what happens. It's like whenever you get that naked, that intimate, there's just pain, and when we've touched pain, there's just healing. There's just letting go. There's just compassion. There's just humour. There's just... That response just happens. You don't do it. It just happens. It doesn't happen from me trying to make it, me trying to stop it, me trying to be something else. It just happens when you get... come out of that... that me structuring. And a lot of our stuff, it seems to me, is just gets so that you know, so persistent and you to be with it time and time again till something starts to give up trying to be other than this or figure it or whatever and you just get right to the intimate core of that the pain. And something you don't there's a kind of relinquishment. You don't need to keep doing this. Because there isn't an end to the story, and there isn't anybody running it. So it makes radical changes, really, without trying to change, I think. Certainly, what I notice about people is the humor. You know, something never seems to get written down in the books, but what I do know, <laughs> seems to me the most valuable thing of the lot, <laughs> on a pragmatic level, how to live with your madness. You know, a sense of you know humor, warmth, there's that that uh, saving grace, and uh, it's the kind of um, the lightness of heart that allows new forms to grow. We gradually be- become different, not because we're trying to, but because we stop being the same. Hmm. A <laughs> Oh, um.